In this episode of Modern Practice, we'll continue our discussion about the 2023 CMS guidelines for split share billing and examine tactics that you could use to improve your performance under these guidelines. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Principal for Operations and Quality at Vizian and Practicing Internist. Joining us again are Kristen Hunt, Senior Director of Clinical Team Insights for Nursing Programs at Vizient, and Jennifer Sarno, Programmatic Advisor and Director for Nursing Programs at Vizient. Kristen, Jennifer, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Tom. Thanks for having us. In the last episode, we spoke about what organizations should be doing now to prepare for these split and shared visits. Can you kind of give us a laundry list of what that is? Yeah, there's so many things. And I think first and foremost, when they do start to prepare and start to address the things on the list, they need to make sure they have a multidisciplinary team addressing this. They need a team of various representatives throughout the organization. This cannot be done in a vacuum. This really requires APPs, physicians, IT, HR, your compliance and risk. It requires so many people to be at the table because it does affect so many different things. And so when they start to prepare, they need to assemble this multidisciplinary team. They really need to start with education, right? So education for all staff, all providers. And when you start looking at educating the providers, they're going to have to start educating around the documentation requirements how they document their attestation to who's involved in the patient visit that's being billed because there could be a lot of risk. They could violate the rule if they don't provide that documentation and attestation correctly. And so once they do incorporate these changes to their workflow and documentation, they're going to have to set up processes to audit the charts to make sure this is being done correctly. They're going to have to come up with ways to redistribute or address work RVUs. They're going to really have to take a hard look at their compensation methodology They're going to have to really clearly define the role of the providers. They're going to have to define what it is that APP is supposed to be doing, what they're charged with, what the physicians should be doing, what types of patients are going to be treated by the various providers, and really define those roles and optimize their providers so that they are working towards the top of their training and education. Kristen, there's a lot of other things that they need to do to prepare as well. Just like you said, starting with education, I know there's lots of providers out there that are not even aware of this change. So step one, we've got to educate. Mm -hmm. When we talk about assembling our team, definitely IT needs to be part of this. We need to look at our EMR. Are we able to capture what we need to in our EMR? So first you have to assess what's going on throughout the organization as well. So many times organizations are not even fully understanding who's doing what work, and it may vary depending on what service. And so Clinical Team Insights is great with being able to do level setting assessment across your organization to understand where are those pockets of variation. When we look at variations in who's doing what work, we see that in the same organization against service lines. And so being able to identify those variations so we can target and educate changes. If I understand this right, also to add to the confusion, if you will, though I just think it's a setup to other changes coming up and going into 2024, it's not only an acute and ambulatory, is it? So that's a really important point to make. So the split shared rule covers hospital inpatient, critical care, emergency department visits, hospital outpatient. This is not to be confused with incident to billing that you typically see done in outpatient practices. 
Should organizations approach changes based on the patient, whether it be following up with the patient if it's established or seeing new patients in the hospital? You know, that's a great question, Tom. And the way I think about it is I don't think we can make a blueprint for every organization to follow. You first have to do an assessment. You can't go from A to Z without doing all the steps in between. And so you have to level set. So there can't be a blueprint that every organization needs to follow. So starting with understanding what is the current state? What are the current practices? What about the educational level? What about the comfort level? What are those team dynamics? An APP and a physician team to be a well-oiled machine doesn't just happen just by putting them together. Right. It takes work and it takes effort and education on both parts and learning how to work together as a team. And so building that team approach is not going to happen in six months. We have six months to get ready for this, right? Right. So you've got to start making steps toward a long-term goal. And so I don't think it's necessarily only consults should be seen by the physician or only follow-up should be seen by the APP. They have to learn what makes the most sense to be able to meet their access needs, to meet their patients' demands. So if it's a surgical group, and you've got a surgeon in the operating room first thing in the morning, and you've got patients that need to be discharged, well, it makes sense. They need to work out some kind of workflow to where that APP is rounding and is discharging those patients and not waiting and holding up the discharge until after surgeries. You make a very good point using that surgical example, because I can't help but look at this as just a great opportunity to just improve efficiencies. What do you think, Jennifer? Well, this is an opportunity to improve efficiencies. Absolutely. It's also an opportunity to make sure that we're addressing well-being for our providers. Absolutely. In your previous question around what types of patients, if an organization draws a line in the sand and says APPs only see low acuity patients or only see follow-ups, that really puts all the complex patients, it puts all the new workups on that physician's already full plate. Mm -hmm. And that is going to lead to burnout, right? I think it's not a case where we can say APPs only do this, physicians only do that. Because we really have to think about the well-being of our providers. And this really is an opportunity to become more efficient and reduce duplication of effort. If we think about how we currently function, how much time a physician spends coming back behind the APP, right. repeating the work, repeating the documentation so that they can bill. And so hopefully we'll reduce that duplication of effort and that time can be spent treating patients. That's going to increase access right there. So we talked about time is going to be important, but obviously there's going to be some documentation requirements. What's necessary? Is there a modifier that we need to know about going into the future? So the documentation is a really important piece, right? This is what is going to be placing the organizations at risk if it's not documented appropriately. So the provider that spends more than 50% of the time is going to have to list who was involved in the patient's visit. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to attest that they spent more than 50% of the time for the visit. They're going to be the one that signs the chart and bills. Okay. So this is a really important part too, because a lot of organizations require physician co-signatures on all APP visits. 
So if that APP is providing more than 50% of the time, they're signing it, they're the billing provider, they're going to have to then go to the physician and say, hey, I know I'm billing for this, but I'm going to have to have you co-sign that chart. So we really even need to go back to what documentation is required looking at your bylaws so that we can be efficient in this and make sure that we're documenting only what's needed. Kristen, is there a modifier required? There is a modifier, and it's the FS modifier on each of the split shares. As we start winding things down with this podcast, I see this as an opportunity to not only improve care, but improve access and, quite frankly, revenue by having people just using the team approach to care. Absolutely. This is not a negative. People are really hung up that this is a disaster. And yes, it could be a disaster, but let's embrace this as an opportunity to improve efficiency, to improve our teams. This is addressing culture. This is addressing the way that we've always done things. We're challenging the status quo. This is not a negative. This can be a positive. This can actually improve the care that we're already providing. Kristen, Jennifer, it's also important to note that we at Vision can help our organizations get ready in the next six months by just looking at what, for example? For us, step one, we've got to know what current state is, and that's what we can help you do. We can help you identify what is going on currently throughout your organization. And I don't think we can end this podcast without pointing out that it may be time to finally change our compensation methodology. It's been something we've all been trying to avoid for years and years and years. This is an opportunity to have your compensation methodology, productivity tracking, and incentives match what you're doing across the organization. Across the organization. In addition to that, we also have the subject matter expertise to help you with your workflows, looking at other allied health issues as well to help you in reference to access is going to be important. We can actually have a very holistic means for helping you with resolution to this big issue going on right now, which quite frankly is an opportunity. Absolutely. It is a positive opportunity that we need to embrace. And so again, it's multidisciplinary. It's not just going to be a silo approach. Envisient as a whole is able to help you with your multidisciplinary approach. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. I want to thank Kristen and Jennifer for joining us again. And if you'd like to contact either of them, we placed their email in the resource section of our podcast page. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at our email, modernpracticepodcast.com. We posted a link in our resource section as well. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thank you so much for listening.